اعوذ باللہ من الشیطان الرجیم بسم اللہ الرحمن الرحیم In the name of God, the compassionate, the merciful. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. This is Amin Iswedi and you're listening to the Murid Talks podcast. Welcome back again to another solo episode of the Murid Talks podcast. And in today's episode, we shall be exploring the concept of the ineffable in metaphysics. Countless sages from the various traditions have talked about the idea of God's ineffable nature, and that God cannot be expressed entirely in human language or in any definite, particular, delimited, determined way. Let us begin with the Tao Te Ching, where Lao Tzu tells us The Tao, the way, the ultimate reality, that can be named, expressed, or identified, is not the true and eternal Tao. The beauty about this expression is that it negates and affirms itself in a paradoxical dance. At once, Lao Tzu is telling us that the Tao cannot be spoken of, yet he has just preceded to speak about its unspokenness. One could challenge Lao Tzu in that his statement is a self-defeating one, and Lao Tzu knows this, in that by his very statement, he has limited the Tao by its unlimitedness. But this is the profound nature of the statement. One has to deny the statement itself by its very thesis. We can't even express the inexpressible nature of the Tao or the ultimate reality. It is not for us to express its nature or essence because any expression is ultimately a delimitation, a determination, a conditioning. But the ultimate reality is non-delimited, undetermined, unconditioned, infinite. But this statement also hints to us another point of view. So, if the Tao, this ultimate reality, is not delimited by anything, we can then say that it is not delimited by itself either. It cannot be limited by its unlimitedness or, in this case, ineffableness. So, one side, we say that the ultimate reality is ineffable, that we cannot express it in any particular definite way, But at the same time, by claiming that it is ineffable, we have determined it. And so we have to non-delimit it from this non-delimitedness. To do this, we would have to imply that whatever expression there is, it is also the Tao. So no expression can express the Tao, but then also all expressions express the Tao. And so, because of the infinite nature of the Tao, the unbounded nature of the Tao, that entails also that the expressions of the Tao would also be indefinite. This is echoed in Quran chapter 31 verses 27 to 30, where God tells us, quote, And if whatever trees upon the earth were pens, And the sea was ink replenished thereafter by seven more seas, 
the words of Allah would not be exhausted. Indeed, Allah is exalted in might and wise. Your creation and your resurrection will not be but as that of a single soul. Indeed, Allah is hearing and seeing. Do you not see that Allah causes the night to merge into the day and the day into night and has subjected the sun and the moon, each orbiting for an appointed term, and Allah is all aware of what you do. That is because Allah is the true reality, Al-Haqq, and that what they call upon other than Him is falsehood, and because Allah is the Most High, the Grand." Unquote. Wow. We really do need to unpack this. In the first place, God tells us that his words can't be exhausted. So he uses, in a sense, a hyperbole. Right? So if the trees were pens and the seas were ink replenished by seven more seas, this indefinite amount of ink, God is asking us to imagine that. Even so, the words of God cannot be exhausted, will not be exhausted. And so we also learn from the Qur'an that all things are the word of God. So when God wants to create, he says to a thing, be, and it is. And so a thing's existence is ultimately a word of God. And so ultimately all things are but expressions or words of Allah, of the true reality. And because reality is boundless, how then can its expressions be bounded? God says in Quran 55:29, Whoever is within the heavens and earth asks him, invokes him every day. He is in a matter. The Sufis tell us that this verse entails that at every moment, the ultimate reality is expressed anew. So nothing in reality is expressed in the same way twice. Reality is ever manifesting, or one could say, in theological terms, God is ever creating. There is a constant outpouring of being. How then can one wish to contain it in limited terms? Our only possibility is to point to it. And not as we point to an external thing which is bounded and limited, but gesture as to its reality. We can intuit the truth of reality. We know that there is a being because we are. But what it is, we cannot say. We cannot determine it because whatever word we use is just a fragmented expression of it, but not it in its essence. God then continues to tell us that our creation and resurrection is akin to that of a single soul, which echoes Quran 54 verse 50, where God says, And our command is but one, like a glance of the eye. So think about this. When you see something, that is an instantaneous experience. There is no gap between the thing appearing and you seeing. That very act of seeing itself 
is an inexpressible experience. It's intuitive. Now, using the same idea, God tells us that his command is but one. So it indicates that manifestation, which is none other than God's expression, or in this case, command, is a simultaneous, instantaneous unity. It is one as it comes from the one and returns to the one, and from the side of the one, it is one. One will then question, doesn't this contradict the former thesis? Isn't God's manifestation, which is ultimately his expression, ever new? Is it not inexhaustible? How then can it be one? So the concept of unity, or that of the absolute, unfortunately invokes within us at once static nature, so something that is static, that is fixed, and quantitative oneness, so we think about one as in a thing, one thing. We envision the unity as one numerically static entity. But this isn't what is entailed when the concept of unity is expressed in relation to the infinite in these traditional texts. Manifestation is an expression of being. So being is, we've spoken a lot about being. So whatever manifests is manifesting from being. It is an expression of being, of reality, of existence. But being manifests or expresses itself in a qualitative unity, a qualitative oneness. It's not one as in a number, a numerical one, but a qualitative unity, a qualitative oneness. One could say singularity, but then that invokes some sort of physical entity. But being isn't a physical entity. So by this we then mean that nothing is truly outside being. It is contained within being. It's an expression of being within being. Yet, within manifestation itself, God being infinite, reality being infinite, truth being infinite, it is ever manifesting, this truth, this reality, it's ever manifesting, ever expressing in each moment. From the perspective of the absolute, infinite, ultimate reality, it is but one, like a simultaneous manifestation of all things. All that is, is witnessed by him, known by him, manifested by him, willed by him, instantaneously, simultaneously. But from the perspective of manifestation, God never repeats himself. We could think of it as a successive unfolding of that which principially already is. So don't think either simultaneous or successive, one or many, unity or multiplicity, think both. Ibn Arabi tells us in his Fusus al-Hikam, Bezels of Wisdom, quote, Know that transcendence, tanzih, this is attributing God's otherness, being beyond creation, being beyond manifestation, being unlike anything, ineffableness, among the people of realities, this concept, among the people of realities, in respect to Allah, is the same as limitation and qualification, unquote. So this attribution of transcendence, unlikeness, ineffableness, in itself is a limitation and qualification for those 
who are knowledgeable about reality. He goes on to say in the same chapter, quote, Similarly, whoever attributes immanence without transcendence, tashbih, which entails God's relation to manifestation, or manifestation as an expression of the divine, has given limits to Allah and does not know him. Whoever combines immanence and transcendence in his gnosis and describes Allah with both aspects in general has known him. Unquote. He says general and not particular because quote, it is inconceivable to know the cosmos manifestation in detail one would say a determined fashion, because one cannot embrace all forms of the cosmos. One cannot know all things in particular. One can only know the cosmos in a general way, but not in detail, just as he knows himself in general, but not in detail. Unquote. So Ibn Arabi is relating our knowledge to ourselves and our knowledge to the cosmos with our knowledge of God. God says in the Quran that he will show us signs in the horizons, in the external cosmos and in ourselves until we know that he is the truth. And so the knowledge of ourselves and the knowledge of the cosmos or in the more Sufic way, the macro and micro cosmos, the large cosmos and the small cosmos, the external world and the internal world of man, all these invoke the way we know these realities entail how we know the reality. So we cannot know both ourselves and the external cosmos in detail, or one would say analytically. We cannot add one plus one plus one plus one indefinitely to arrive towards the infinite. It is an impossibility. But we know ourselves and the cosmos in a general manner one would say in synthesis. And so, similarly, we attribute to God, ourselves, and the cosmos both ineffableness and the ability to be expressed or attributed, external, manifested, and internal, hidden. So this shows us why even God uses complementary aspects to express himself. Lahir batin. Manifest, hidden, awal, akhir, first, last. So, the third point then would be, God proceeds to show us how he is the master of all complementaries and the paths of all things by expressing how we can observe day and night passing into one another as well as the paths of the sun and the moon. This signifies that all complementaries, all opposites, aren't cancelled out, but reconciled in the divine reality. It is not this or that, but both this and that in a beautiful dance. The fourth point will be, God then concludes that all this is because God is the truth. All this is because reality is true. It is alive, it is being. And so all springs forth from it 
in an ever new dynamic complementary balanced unity all is because the truth is all are expressions of the truth reality is true because it is we are here we are testament to that we are a symbol of the truth we are a symbol of reality existence being call it whatever you may and we cannot deny that because we are here we are aware of reality we are aware of our existence and that in itself is the truth and an expression of the truth so can we then say what the truth is after exploring all this yes and no yes because we can express the truth in as much as it expresses itself in reality which is in all things the truth is not this or that the truth is all that is and by this very expression the truth remains ineffable so because it is expressed in all things itself in its essence it is no thing and so there is nothing to point towards to determine what the truth is taking us back to the words of laozi now having talked about the ineffable truth <laughs> in as much as we can generally what do we do with this what does this realization entail for many it will remain abstract but in chapter 2 of the dao de jing laozi tells us quote realizing this the saint performs effortlessly according to the natural way dao without personal desire and practices the wordless teaching through one's deeds the saint inspires the vitality of all lives without holding back he nurtures all beings with no wish to take possession he devotes all his energy but has no intention to hold on to the merit when success is achieved he seeks no recognition because he does not claim for credit hence shall not lose it unquote. the saint realizes he is none other than an expression of the dao or rather through this realization knows himself as the dao and as the dao nurtures and embraces all things all complementaries good and evil virtuous and vicious large and small light and dark so does the saint by his very identity with the dao the saint imposes nothing because there is nothing to impose all things flow with the truth with the dao as they should be as they are the saint tries to grasp nothing because there is nothing to grasp <laughs> you can't grasp the truth you can't delimit the truth you can't determine the truth you can't condition the truth because ultimately there is nothing to condition nothing to delimit nothing to determine the saint knows by unknowing speaks by no speech acts by non action like the dao by letting all be what they are and so I'd love to end here my friends 
And let us be like the saint who realizes the Tao, the ultimate reality. It is not through delimitation that we attain the truth. The truth does not need to be grasped. The truth just is. And so to know the truth, one just has to be and flow with the Tao. May we be granted this reality, this realization. Until next time, my friends, Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.